Oh my god, dude. Oh, I have to cut that out. I can't believe you just said that. No, 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 don't say it again. Don't say it again. We're live. Oh, we're live. Yeah, we're live. I don't want to do this again. Jesus Christ. Sorry, bro. You good? No. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Incompatible. Uh, my name is Amin Rizvi, and I'm here with the man who can't can't hold his own tongue <laughs> for so, just a minute. Sub dudes. How's it going, Mohammed? Long time no see, man. Yeah, man. How was, how was San Diego? It was good. It was good. I just came back from San Diego, decided to have a little vacation. It's a friend of ours' birthday. It was good. San Diego's a weird place, man. What's wrong with I, it? I don't know, man. Uh, do you ever just like go to a city and you're just like, man, this, I just, this city doesn't really work Pretty much every me. every other city other than LA. Really? Yeah. Damn, you need to move. I need to move. <laughs> you need to move big time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. San Diego is just one of those places because I've yeah I've been I was raised in California. I've been there, but not recently. Yeah. So I mean, I've been raised in California, but every time I go to San Diego, it feels like a different place to me. I don't know. But what's weird. it like? I mean, like it's a nice city, but like every time I go there, like it's just very like I just don't know much about it, you know. Every time I go, all I see are just white people really? and, and beaches. That's all I see. And I'm like, all right. Is that it? That, is that all you got, San Diego? I don't know. I don't know. It seems kind of... I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but it feels kind of boring to me. I don't know I don't know if that's messed up. Did but you, compared to the Bay Area in LA, like San Diego is like my least favorite. I haven't been, to, I haven't been to San Diego recently, so I can't comment. Like, it's nice, dude. Like, I love the weather there. It was really, it was really good. Was it hot or was it cold? It was actually really cold. It's winter right now. Mm. It was like 60 degrees. Okay. Like, especially at night, it was super cold. During the day, it was actually pretty pleasant. But anyway, forget San Diego. Uh, <laughs> I hate SF, though, bro. I can't. Dude, come on. I can't with SF, dude. SF's nice, dude. It's not. It's I mean, al- it's I always w- cold, dude. Like, I would never live there personally. I lived in Berkeley, but I would just visit SF. And I loved leaving SF when I had the chance because mm. it's just a really crazy city, you know, yeah. like living there. I feel like I would just everything's so inconvenient. I can't even get groceries without it taking like an hour. I feel like, you know, I mean, it's like that in L.A. too. But at least in L.A. you get to drive, you know, in SF. The problem is, is that going five miles can take you like upwards of 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Versus in L.A. like you could get. You get more than five miles in that time. That's all I'm saying. It's really infuriating because it's like a grid, you know? And like a little bit of traffic, especially if you drive, a little bit of traffic is like, it's just, it's it's the worst. It's the worst feeling ever to know that you've gone so little distance <laughs> in such a long amount of time. Yeah. That's the only reason why I didn't like San Francisco. It's just too busy there. What was it like Ubering there? Oh yeah, so I used to do that. And so I, did I. I will too. never go back to me it. Me neither. Fuck Uber. Oh, especially San Francisco. It uh, was it was too much. Like you get a lot of money because obviously lots of people. Most people don't have cities in the car or cars in the city. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> cars in the city. But uh, made some decent money. But man, was it a pain? Just so much stop and go. My back would give out. You know, yeah, dude, I had back problems. Yeah, I'm sorry if you're out there Ubering. Still, it sucks. Yeah, it really does. It's yeah. really not worth that paycheck. That, that's what gets me up every day is working hard to know that I'm not going to go back to that ever. Yeah, Uber <laughs> days are so sucky. Yeah, yeah, that was a short time in my life that I hope to never have to relive uh-huh. <laughs> or never have to experience again. Did you ever run to any crazy people? Uh, no, not really. Only people that are like kind of rude sometimes. That was about it. 
you know, and they're not necessarily mad at you, but they're just, you know, it's just, woke up on the wrong side of the bed, you know. It's just the city, city life. Yeah, see, that's what I mean, mm. dude. Like the city that gets you, like things just will get you very aggravated living mm. in the city. I feel like, mm. like for example, living out here in the IE, in the Inland Empire. It's like you could go somewhere and you could find parking wherever you go. Wherever you want. That's not the case in most places, especially in the Bay Area. Yeah, that's why I hate driving in L.A. too. We, Thursday, in the city? Thursday we went to L.A. Yeah, the city. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. What do we do in L.A.? What did we do? What the fuck were we doing there? I'm sorry. Were you high when we were No. Oh, <laughs> shit. We, we went to go to the was it art festival. Yeah, it was art, an, art, it's an art walk art that happened walk. in downtown L.A. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was actually really cool. That was pretty cool. You know, I expected more from it, though. Yeah, you know, just, you know, we, we do normal things. We do yeah. hip things, <laughs> don't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, people just, like, sell artwork and stuff like that. Um, and then there's a lot of food trucks, which was, which was cool. Yeah, it sucked watching you trying to find food, bro. Man, you just got to get creative, man. Yeah. You just got to get creative. There are some halal food trucks, by the way. I've seen them, but they were... But not all, there. Yeah, not there. They're all in the Bay Area, but... These food trucks were pretty good, man. Like, they had vegetarian options. Like, the vegetarian burger I got. Yeah, that's, that's not food, bro. I mean, at least it had a veggie patty. Bro, it I, tastes I, like I shit. I hate it when they say it's a veggie burger and all it has is vegetables. And I'm like, no, no veggie patty? Nothing to at least make me feel <laughs> like I'm eating something? You know what I mean? Like, uh, come on. I mean, people don't really give a shit about vegetarians. <laughs> yeah. You know, so they, they just have that one thing on the menu. Well, and you know what I get sometimes is that they're like, oh, it has cheese on it. Is that okay? And I'm like, what? Because <laughs> you might be vegan. Exactly. Because yeah. they're like, yeah, oh, you know what? It has like egg or it has cheese. I'm like, no, that's fine. No, <laughs> just, just give me something with it that's, that's not haram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank God cheese uh, and all that isn't. Oh. Speaking of which. That's already a hassle. Why do we eat halal? Yeah. You always got it. Like, explain to me. <sighs> okay, look. I'm going to just put it like this, man. All right. Everything has a spiritual nature to it. All right. We've talked about this before, right? Everything has a spiritual nature and a physical nature, right? Okay. So you could take it from both both directions, I guess, if you okay. want. Pick a direction. Right? Like if, okay. So if you want to go from the very physical aspect of it, right? There's a lot of specific things that are done when meat is prepared in a halal fashion, right? Okay. I know. I know. Have you ever seen? Uh, did um, you ever see like an animal actually be slaughtered before? Yeah, I've seen it before. You've seen like it, like a small sheep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I thought. I thought you might have. I haven't, but I. I, I kind of just know what it's like. It's but, pretty sad, bro. Yeah, well, I, of course, any kind of slaughtering is sad, even in the farms we have now. No, like, I'm not saying that it's right, but I'm just saying that overall. Okay, let, let's do a quick overview of what the halal way is. Okay, so most usually when it happens, so when something is considered, for me to be considered halal, mm-hmm. um, first of all, it has to be someone who's a Muslim cutting it, right? Or like like slaughtering the animal. Okay, that's one. And then usually what happens is that they have to say a prayer, all right? It's usually, what is it? They, they usually just say a very specific prayer, like a very generic kind of like. Uh, it, it, it could be anything? Yeah. Okay. No, I don't know if it's anything. I don't know the exact surah, but um, they, they say some kind of prayer because there needs to be an intention behind the slaughtering of it, right? Okay. So that the intention that usually is like, you know, this is being being you know executed in order to feed those who are, who need it, right? Like okay. that's essentially what is done first, because especially in Islam, everything has an intention behind it, right? Mm-hmm. So the intention is laid out, um, the prayer is said, and then usually. 
Um, well, actually, no, always the animal is pointed towards Mecca, right? Oh, I forgot so, about that. Okay. Yeah, there's that part to it, too, because, you know, there's a very, lot of symbolic meaning to, it, to that. Like, for example, when we pray, mm-hmm. we always pray towards Mecca. We don't pray in some random direction. It's usually yeah. if you're in North America, you're usually praying northeast, northeast yeah. towards towards Mecca, right? Um, or if you're in a plane circling Mecca, you turn <laughs> while you pray. No, I, I, I've heard of funny stories like that. Um, really? People turn on the plane? I, I, I've only heard of like funny stories because I've never done that. Well, you look ridiculous if you do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the animals usually t- pointed towards Mecca and then they slaughter it, right? And when they slaughter it, they cut the animal from the jugular, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason it's done that way is in order to also cause all the blood within the animal to be essentially drained okay so usually halal meat is like cut in a certain way where they know that the animal is cut from the jugular where like blood is you know pretty much coming out of it and then usually i believe they're, they're all, they also like hang like the animal like upside down to make sure that all the blood gets um taken out of the animal right well, you haven't seen this go down. I'm, it's I'm it's sure, pretty disturbing. I, I'm sure I, I'm watering it down for our <laughs> viewers, but you've actually seen. No, it. like you've you, yeah. you've actually uh, you've went through all the steps exactly how it goes down. They cut yeah. the jugular and then right. they hang them upside down. Mm-hmm. But like they they don't die on the spot. Well, you sure. know, they're they're just like bleeding out. You know, just how you would imagine. Yeah, because part of it, though, a very important part of it is making sure that all the blood gets out of the animal. Yeah, I just think it's disturbing, dude. Mm. Well, also in Islam, like blood itself is considered like a, a it's called ne- yeah, it's called najis in Arabic, but mm-hmm. it's essentially like a dirty sort of material, right? There's a couple things that fall under najis, but that's one of them, right? So like you have to clean yourself properly if you come into contact with blood before you like pray or like you can't touch the Quran, for example, if if you're bleeding, right? What's in blood that makes it so dirty? What's in it? Yeah, I mean, from no, I. I like what's why? The, what, oh, I I think I think it might be from like a health standpoint, you know. Also, like I think because of the antigens or something. Or I wouldn't even say even that. That's actually a very good question, Mohammed. Yeah. Uh, but huh? Ah, got you. No, <laughs> I think there are good reasons. I think it might just have to do with like actual like cleanliness reasons because you shouldn't be having blood on you for any reason, especially when you interact with things like in a religious setting like mm-hmm. you know how they say the quran right like if there's blood that falls in the quran it's that's nedges you have to like actually take it out take what yeah, out? like the, the blood, blood. Oh. yeah um like you have to like either cut the piece of paper that it fell on right, right. make sure it doesn't spread to the rest of the paper yeah it's strange semen is considered also nedges as I well mean, for obvious like reasons right yeah that's all i'm saying is that there's actually i think some th- there are some qualities to blood and I think there's a particular reason why it's drained out of the halal meat as well, so that we don't eat it. Yeah. Right? What, what, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with blood? Well, I think I think just from a health standpoint, it's not good to be eating blood, or mm-hmm. else, you know, we should look this up. We should actually look it up. Yeah. All right. No, no. But I remember actually uh, one of our teachers telling us this in our ethics class because I believe he said that in like Cambodia or something, um, they would have uh, soldiers who they would make them eat blood. And what oh. it would do is that it would literally cause them to like, it, it would cause some like emotional sterility, I guess you could call it. Whereas they essentially oh, become desensitized and like it makes them more like cold, cold-blooded killers, something like that. Where it like it actually will affect them emotionally to make them more merciless. Didn't the Mongolians do this? Yeah. I don't know. 
gang is Congo's dudes. It's quite possible. But for, I remember in particular in that class, I thought he was talking about some sort of like Cambodian tribes or something like that who would do this. Um, yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll just type in why is blood. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Nudges. Uh, yeah. But it, it. But it's a very interesting point because we do have these things that are considered like not clean at all. Mm. It might be just be from a spiritual standpoint. But then again, halal meat requires you to drain the blood so you don't eat it. So it has to yeah. be a physical part too. Mm, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, in the end, you know, whatever the prophet says goes. Don't give me that shit. I'm, I'm just joking. No, but, <laughs> no, but honestly, like, I think there are some things as far as like, as far as like, even I think from a, from a bacterial nature, I think there's something wrong with blood. I mean, you, you just talk about blood related diseases as well, right? And how blood shouldn't be something that is just left untreated, right? Okay. Or you should come into contact with, or you should eat, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of like just common sense sort of things to think about there. As so far as like, does it do something to you psychologically? Exactly. So, for example, we're talking again about those Cambodians who would eat blood, that it would actually cause issues oh right? yeah that's right right like psychologically and even even like you know being a butcher even islamically is considered like makru right and for those of you who don't it's know what that upon, means right? yeah so um there, there's different levels when we say halal and we say haram right so we say when something's allowed it's halal something's forbidden it's it's haram right and then there's in betweens right there are things that are um you can do them but it's better not to do them which is makru and then there are things that uh, it's better to do them, but you don't have to do them. And that's mustahab. Oh, yeah. I forgot right? about that. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there are all these, there, there are, like, things that are kind of in the middle as well. But, yeah, being a butcher is actually makru, which is, like, you can do it, but it's better to not do it. Because even the act of, like, killing an animal, and you're right, it is, it, it's very emotionally, like, it'll, it'll affect you emotionally. Yeah. And, in fact, it'll, it can make you desensitized. It can make you... You know, more as they say, you'll have a hardened heart, I guess, is the best way I can say hmm. that, right? Okay. Where it's like, you know, you become a little more, a little less merciful, you know, hmm. as a person. That it can cause you to be that way because you're just like, oh, meat, you know, like. Well, someone's got to do it, bro. Exactly. And that's why it's Macru because in the end, someone has to do it. Hmm. Uh, but if you don't have to do it, you know, you have to do it. Yeah. But again, these are things that are necessary. Um, Unless you're like vegan or vegetarian or something, which so, in that case maybe not. <laughs> so we eat halal because it's better for us human beings. That's that's the idea, right? And also because the again the spiritual side to it, this animal is being slaughtered for a particular reason, and that is where that, like anything when you pray, you do it with an intention behind it. You know, when you do anything in Islam, there's an intention. Even when you fast, there's an intention behind it. Mm-hmm. That is more than just I'm fasting for my body. It's like I'm fasting for reasons that relate to God, right? Okay. In that sense. So again, eating eating the meat that's halal is another thing where it's like, I'm eating this meat because this thing was killed with the intention that it's being used to feed, you know, God's people, right? Mm-hmm. And it's being eaten for a for a noble cause, right? For a noble reason. This isn't just being killed. For, noble reason? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like starving, a, motherfucker. Well, again, like <laughs> there's a reason why this animal is being cut. There's a clear intention behind it, and that intention is for God, right? Mm, okay. Like, that's the idea spiritually, I guess, behind it. 
and then there's there are also some people bring up questions of like how the animal is treated and all that stuff because yet yes you might say that the way that it's done with the you know cutting the neck and all that stuff is dr- traumatic mm-hmm. but I, I've heard that people have gone into how animals are slaughtered now uh, a lot of them for example cows where they're literally like kind of shot in the forehead you know like I don't know if you've if you've seen I've, I've seen the videos documentaries and yeah. all that stuff about how, how the cows are just passed through and like uh and then they just shoot a bolt you just, they just shoot a bolt through their head and it's not even dead. a bolt it's a hammer I I've I've seen the bolt thing because it's, it's like it's just like an instantaneous death right Isn't that better for the animal though Well I I don't know physiologically I don't know if it's better um for it to die in Yeah because it's essentially like they're dying with like a shock to the system, right? Can you imagine like all of a sudden the brain just goes? It's dead. good for them, not good for us. That's what you're saying. Uh, I don't even know if good for them or good for us is what I don't think it's good for anyone. <laughs> I mean, they're they're dead on the spot. Yeah, I, I'll I'll look this up actually because I remember I remember reading about this that it actually can't affect the meat itself. But I think the hmm. blood thing is a bigger issue because. The animal's the blood, blood is still in. within the system, and I think there's some problems there. I see. I think back even from a bacteria standpoint, there's something wrong there. You know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and also, I remember actually we had a professor in high school who said that she worked. I think it was like Cal Poly or something like that, where she was she was doing some like research on meat that had blood in it versus meat that didn't have blood. Oh, in it. Oh, that's interesting. And the and like the amount of bacteria and the shelf life of the meat with blood in it was much less because it would get you know, you know, bacteria and stuff would start mm-hmm. growing on it much faster because it had blood. Mm-hmm. And what does blood have? It has water, right? And water is a big, you know, yeah. that's, you know, that's really how bacteria start to grow and all that stuff. So there's some health concerns there, I, I believe. But in any case, to a Muslim, that's not the stuff that matters. It's really the spiritual side to it all, right? That's mm-hmm. like the most important thing. Because in reality, I could go to McDonald's and eat right now and I'd be alive. (laughs) I'm not going to die from (laughs) it. But there's a spiritual aspect to it, which is much more important, which is like what's the intention in which this animal was killed and and all that sort of other stuff. Interesting. So so I would take it from that perspective, really, as far as like why I would eat, why I eat halal, right? Hmm. I also think in general, halal meat is probably even, I wouldn't say healthier, but I'd say better than other kinds of meat i believe i, mean, I believe also quality control wise I, I i think it's a little bit better as well like just the quality of the meat i mean given your argument mm. it's obviously healthier again i would i wouldn't say healthier or not because i mean you know a lot of people are coming out with you know uh research and stuff about the effects of meat right mm-hmm. did you, do you remember that a, a while back where they're coming out that like meat is like a carcinogen or essentially, like people who eat red meat have a higher risk of getting oh, cancer. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So I mean, but that's the thing. Even within Islam, we're told not to eat meat. I don't know if you've heard this. But what? Yeah, well, not not to eat meat that much. Sorry. Really? That. Yeah, yeah. It, it was actually a very interesting narration. This was from this was from uh, Imam Ali, right? This is the the nephew of the Prophet. Okay. It was a very famous narration. I remember reading where he he pretty much says like, "Don't let your stomach become a graveyard." Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, which is which is a very interesting way of thinking about it. You know, that's pretty funny. It, it, there's they even like that's the thing, the prophet and as well as his family, there's a lot of narrations on practical things such as eating, such as cleanliness, all this sort of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And with the food one is very interesting where they're like, you shouldn't be eating food too often. Uh, sorry, eating food shouldn't be eating meat too often because there are some effects to it. Right. And obviously it's not healthy in general to eat meat on a constant basis anyway. 
But unfortunately, see. especially the American diet, I feel like it's very heavily meat influenced. The right? Iranian diet too. Iranian diet too. Yeah, but like it, it shouldn't be like I mean, breakfast, lunch, and dinner can have meat involved in it. Most Iran, I feel like most Iranian breakfasts don't have meat in it, right? Um, we have sushis called both. <laughs> sausage and uh, bologna. bologna in in well, the morning yeah really because every time we eat breakfast it's like bread and cheese <laughs> that's like that's why i hallmarks. said that's why i said you're the more american of of like the group is that is it all bread and cheese i mean yeah i guess i don't know i mean or is it not you tell me i don't know have you ever had halim yeah halim has meat in it too huh it has chicken yeah Ah, interesting. Okay, so I guess that Chicken is. Bits. Anyway, the point is, is that again, uh, it, it's it's they've even advised that even back then that meat should not be something that's eaten very often, right? Mm. Um. So well, the Persians didn't listen. Well, I mean, a lot of cultures <laughs> have their own dishes and all that stuff, but it's up to you as far as how often you eat it, right? Like my dad has this problem too. My dad literally like would not even touch a vegetable. Wow. Like he'll eat like you know like he'll eat French fries and be like that's that's a vegetable <laughs> and I'd be like oh my god you're gonna die so fast man <laughs> oh god no oh don't do this no, but but yeah I mean like I said they had lots of narrations on food as well as cleanliness you know like we have lot do you know how many things we have about just how to go to the bathroom properly are you serious yeah man how to go to the ba- how to go to the bathroom dude you know this because I know you know this for example you know how we have like the oh uh, thing in the, the bathrooms oh, okay yeah like we always have these little like pictures that have water in them in the bathrooms it's so so there's, embarrassing there's ways to say why is that embarrassing oh, it's just really embarrassing to no just one's watching explain. you do it no just so just to explain like what the yeah. fuck is that but come on dude like it's definitely cleaner. I mean, so essentially yeah. what it is, because like in America also, people don't really use bidets very often, but I guess it's kind of the same kind of principle mm. where you essentially, you use these little pitcher things in order to like, you know, you know, you use it to, to wash yourself. Yeah. And the thing is, a lot of people like, you know, they just use toilet paper. And I'm like, dude, come on, does that really get you clean? Because I never feel clean. For example, in situations where I'm forced to not, like, where I don't have any way of like using yeah. water, yeah, where like I have to use just toilet paper on its own. And I'm like... This is not sanitary. It's just not sanitary, bro. I'm just saying. I mean, that's that's a whole nother thing. What do you mean, whole nother thing? It's just not. It's either <laughs> not sanitary or sanitary. I mean, it's you're you're obviously right because you're you're using water. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Dude, I'm not gonna argue with you, on that. dude. They started like. Okay, there's an episode of Shark Tank where these brothers came out, and that's literally what they were selling was off topics. No, 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 it wasn't. No, stop. Oh, okay. it wasn't that. <laughs> it was it was wet. It's pretty much like wet wipes, but for but for butts. Every, no, no, for every for every kind of use, it was like dude wipes. That I think that's what it was called. Dude oh, wipes. I, I've seen that? this. Yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, because they were saying like it's dude wipes for everything, for your face, for your hands, and for your dude parts. Yeah. <laughs> that's essentially <laughs> what they said, but. Like even I think Kleenex was also doing this too, and I remember watching the commercials where they were like, you know, what do you think is more sanitary, using water or not using water? And they're like, oh yeah, using water is so much better. Did because that catch it, on at all? I mean, I don't know. I think they're trying to find like a very specific segment of the market yeah. to like cater to, but I think it's just that's too far ingrained into like American like Americans in general where they just like don't care about it or they don't think about it. Yeah. Cause it's like, oh I'll just go clean myself when I take a shower. Yeah. You know, right? Hmm. Which again is disgusting. It should be always clean. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, you have a point. I'm not gonna argue. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Like it's one of those things that it's like it's recommended that you use water when you Mm-hmm. When you clean, I'm just saying it's very interesting, right? Because it's like who even thinks of this stuff? 
Who does? Right? Like who? Like you know, even how you wipe. You know, you know, people have like that issue where it's like, do you wipe front to back? Oh, for back fuck's to front. sake! I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. What the fuck? It goes this detailed, dude. No, I'm. I'm just saying that like that's questions that people normally have, right? Oh my god, people need to get a life. Well, they you, really do. I'm just saying, like. People are so caught up in like the details. Like this whole remember that whole um what was it, hot Cheetos or Doritos? How it had like a like, a, like an animal enzyme. Well in no, it? this this isn't even like a religious topic at all. But it's like how do you how do you wipe how do you clean that area, dude? That's all I'm saying. Let's move on from ass wiping. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Bro, you're just not clean. I think I think that's what you're telling me. Oh, God. I can't believe you can't. I can't believe you don't wash yourself, man. I just I can't believe it. I don't know if I can talk to you, man. Okay, let's. <laughs> like I don't think I can marry a girl who didn't who doesn't clean herself, dude. I'm just sorry. Like sorry, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, what was I saying? Doritos. That, that, dude, that's what we used to say, man. Like famous actresses would be like, do Scarlett Johansson? Do you think she like you know uses water? Who cares? I'm just saying. It's her business. But let her let her deal with it. Let's move on, bro. <laughs> this is great. I've never I've never seen a topic that makes you want to move on so fast. I just was just like this is not it's not fun to talk about. I'm having a blast. <laughs> talking talking about ass wipers, Saudi Arabia. Oh my god. Oh, I have to give you a medal for that one. <laughs> Saudi Arabia's been making some noise. Oh my god. King Segway. <laughs> I suppose the best segue of all time. All time. Alright, let's just go to news, man. Yeah. It's your time. Iran versus Saudi Arabia. Yeah, it's becoming it's becoming kind of hectic right now. Is this going down? Are they finally gonna square square off? Cold War 2.0, man. Cold War is gonna be hot. Huh. They're saying that Yemen through not through sent a uh, missile to I think it was their uh, it was their capital uh, to Riyadh Riyadh yeah. yeah and it had an Iranian label it's on the setup. missile it's a setup it sounds like a it's a setup it sounds like a setup but it is known that Iran gives weapons to to Yemen mm. you know so. Yeah. Well, that's well, that's interesting because it's always like, man, when you have them funding all these groups, like, how do you trace it back, man? I'm just saying, it's just it's just a fucked up region right now with yeah. Iran and Saudi. Well, like for example, people say that Saudi provided weapons to like a lot of Syrian rebels, right? Yeah. And they said a lot of those Syrian rebels ended up going to ISIS, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, do you trace it back to ISIS, or do you, sorry, do you trace all that back to Saudi Arabia? The thing is, like, the web is too has too many strings, it's too convoluted. Yeah, it's, it's too like, much. It's nobody's fault. Let's just kill the guys with the guns. It's too much, dude. But then the problem—that's the problem. The, the nothing gets solved in the end, right? Mm. It's like treating symptoms, but not the core disease. Exactly. I guess maybe you can think of it that way. Yeah. I'm not calling any country a disease, but I'm saying that like, you know, similar analogy where the core issues are still present. But uh, yeah, dude, this missile thing has gotten things a little, uh, ooh, yeah. tensions a little high, especially because the American government is like, well, there are writings on it. So if we can clear, if we can, find proof forensics <laughs> the forensics comes out and says that this is true that maybe it'll lead us to further yeah. to decide what we're going to do next that's a scary thought but then again this stuff has kind of happened a lot you know hmm. 
saying the first time they've come ahead. Now Lebanon is also in on the problem as well. Oh yeah, well. what's going on with Lebanon? Yeah, Saudi has told a lot all their all, all the Saudis in Lebanon to evacuate, which is not a good sign. That's that's pretty insane. That's scary, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hell? that's really scary. And their prime minister just like abruptly resigned. Yeah, he he was in Saudi and he was like he just resigned in very mysterious circumstances. So there's a lot of shady stuff happening. And then that, uh, what's his name? Mohammed bin Salman. Yeah, the new... Um, the, new, the he, crown prince. Yeah, the crown prince has started shaking things up in, uh, in the Saudi government. Saudi, yeah. yeah, this anti-corruption initiative that he started has really gotten people talking. Game of Thrones style. Yeah, dude, Game yeah. of Thrones style. It's <laughs> crazy, man. He's like throwing out all these like older, like these Saudi guys who've been there for a while. He's arrested like 200 of these princes. 200? 200, yeah. Dang. Princes, princes, like these so are these are princes? guys that are involved in the in, in the in, government, in the in the family, in the royal family. Wow, like these are actual Sauds. Man, can't wait till they make a show about this. Oh man, this could be a show. It's good stuff. Yeah, and apparently so. this guy has like all these plans for the future. Like he apparently he's going to be king like soon. Yeah, well, I mean, he's been doing some like what I would consider, I guess, good things, like allowing women to drive again and stuff like that. And you think anti-corruption is like a good initiative, but because I mean, honestly, I mean, I bet you are just like, yeah, dude, screw them all. Like, mm-hmm. you should arrest them all. But at the <laughs> same time, like, you don't know what any ulterior motives you might have. You know, like to be honest, I don't think many people know too much about this guy. They just know that he's been mentored by his father, and now he's now he's made this huge power play to consolidate all this power in the Saudi yeah. government. So things are getting very interesting, very interesting. Hmm. But I don't think tensions between Saudi and Iran are going to get any better. They're not. Yeah. Do you think they'll, they'll eventually go to war? Dude, I don't know, man. Especially if this guy, I mean, it seems like he's doing things that seem right as far as like dealing with the corruption in the government and the whole like <laughs> making, you know, adding some more liberal things to the way the, the you know, the country works. But... I don't know what his what he believes in about like Iran and all that stuff. But if he's like the fa- if he's you know the son of his father, then he probably doesn't. Mm. You know, yeah, his father is a piece of shit. Yeah, but hey, man, mm-hmm. you never know. This stuff is very interesting to us. It's like it, it's we always thought it was a long time coming for something to change in Saudi, right? Because like you notice it even when you just go visit, right? When and a lot of Muslims go and perform their pilgrimage to. Um, to Mecca, mm-hmm. you know, that's where you start seeing firsthand really how involved or like how the country is run, really. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting. I mean, right. we just got like the very surface of it. You know, we weren't really True. involved with the people. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, I just, I just hate the fact that they, they control that mm. region, you know, mm. Mecca, Medina, all that stuff. I think I've mentioned it before. Yeah. But they they have too much power. That's the thing. They have too much power over the over the over the Muslim world. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And definitely when you go there, um, you can see that there's a clear like sectarian bias that they have. Mm. Right? Like, especially with performing different things. For example, like Shias, they like to go and visit certain like sites, yeah. actually related to the Prophet and his family. Yeah. And there are guards set up at those areas. One area in particular is a grave site where a lot of the prophet's family is buried. And some people like to go there and like, you know, they do a visitation kind of thing to it. And straight up, there are guards there who tell people to go away, you know, like, don't come here. 
get out. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. But uh, but yeah, it's it's really wild, you know, to to see that kind of stuff because you're like, why would they care? You know, like why why would they want to stop these people, right? Um, but hey, that's just how things are, man. But that's why I think there's a it's been a big time for a shakeup, you know, for a while now. Hmm. So, so let's see. So this Mohammed bin Sal, what's his name? Salman. So he's he's trying to make the country more liberal. And his first move is to let women drive. I mean, it seems like it. Now, God knows how far he'll actually go. But that he, the, the, that women driving thing has been a long time coming, I feel. I've I've heard he wants to he wants to build a city similar to uh Dubai. Hmm. Okay. Somewhere in the desert. Yeah, that's and like, a very interesting. Over there point. there would be no rules. I mean, not no rules like a lawless land, but it would be like, like chill. Oh, you're saying like it would be molded to the exact same way as Dubai. Where Pretty Dubai much, yeah. is very, well, Dubai's a funny place because like you can't, for example, like in Islam, alcohol is not allowed. Mm-hmm. But yet in, in a lot of the hotels in Dubai and stuff, there is alcohol served. Yeah. But you have to prove that you're not from the country. Exactly. Like if you have like an American passport or some, something like that. Yeah. Pretty much, if you if you're non-Muslim, they'll they'll let yeah, you. Yeah, if you're not Muslim, they'll let you do whatever. Even even some places you can get pork. I hear in Dubai. Really? Yeah, I've only but I've only heard this from people who've gone themselves, and they're like, yeah, there's ways of getting stuff, which is very interesting. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, after all, it is like a Muslim region. I think I think the people in Dubai, especially people who run the country and who run the businesses there, mm. are there to for business, you know, and yeah. know whatever they need to appease. I feel like especially there they have like a a favor like they favor Americans you know and Westerners mm-hmm. in general like even Europeans Westerners whatever and so like they'll do that just for them you know to to attract them to Dubai to be like oh don't worry we can get you alcohol like, don't worry I think I think it's the wise thing to do from a business standpoint sure yeah yeah but like again that's why they're they've progressed so much it's because they're not close minded. There's like, hey, they're they're not like us. Let's just let them do their thing. I mean, sure. But again, like, you know, that's that's why I don't know how that's going to fly in somewhere like Saudi Arabia, where the religion is definitely a bigger thing there because it has the two holiest sites. Yeah. In the Muslim world are right there, you yeah. know, uh, Mecca and Medina. Right. Hmm. So I don't know how you can have that close by. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe it's like really far up in the north or something, you know, like it. I mean, he's he's starting early. That guy's thirty-two. You know, you might probably <laughs> right. when he's sixty, fucking, he'll have that 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 super liberal city. But then the question is, why don't they just go to Dubai? No, I mean, that's, like, that's what they already do anyway. No, because uh, he wants to move past oil. That's mm. his plan. He wants to move. Yeah. See, that's that that's very interesting about Saudi Arabia is that besides oil, they don't have much. That's all they got is oil. It's like they don't. They have, have oil and they have Hajj. I mean, they don't even export like even. Like fruits and vegetables and all that it's very a fucking much. Desert. Maybe like dates, yeah. I guess. But like yeah, besides dates, yeah. besides that, like they don't have much. It's not like Iran. Iran has like fertile land, mm-hmm. but Saudi Arabia has like oil, really more than anything else. Yeah. It's all desert. So that's why all all this stuff with like you know this clean energy business and all that is. Yeah. I believe it scares them a lot. I wonder if they'll they'll, they'll like allow gay rights ever. In Saudi? In Saudi. No way, dude. You're Really? Yeah. Sorry, dog. You tripping. <laughs> you tripping real hard. <laughs> not, not ever. Ever, no, ever. I don't think in Saudi that'll ever happen. Not even a thousand years. That's... A lot could happen in a thousand years. I don't know, man. I just don't, I just don't think it will. 
dude, I, are there okay. gay rights in, look, look, in, in, in uh, Dubai? L- l- listen, dude, it's 2017, and they just allow they're just starting to let women drive. <laughs> I just think, <laughs> you know, you know, if they were to, it would it wouldn't be for a long time. Look up gay rights in Dubai. I wouldn't believe it publicly displaying uh, homosexuality. Let's just see it. gay rights in Dubai. Let me see. All right, man. In Dubai. You got it, homie. LGBT rights in Dubai. Let just, just show me if it's if it's cool or not. It's a crime. It's a crime? Yeah. Oh, shit. But I'm telling you, dude, you go to these hotels and you're just like, we're American or we're European or whatever. And they're like, they, they, they turn a blind eye. What's the punishment? Punishment, punishment. It says right here that they like range from jail time fines and deportation. Oh, so no execution like Saudi and Iran. Mm-hmm. I guess. But I heard like some really weird stories, dude. Like, especially um there I heard that, you know, they have a lot of people who work in Dubai that are from different countries. Even like Western countries and Australia and all these places. Mm-hmm. And there is this really messed up story about this woman who got like drugged, who was uh Australian. Who, yeah, it's a really messy story, but essentially she got roofied, right? What? And then later on, she tried to get justice for it. And because it's like a religiously bad kind of justice system, they were like, not only were you drinking alcohol, but you fornicated outside marriage. Oh. And they were essentially like, she was screwed, right? Wait, where was this? In Dubai? Yeah, this was, I believe, yeah, in one of those, I think it was in the UAE somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I remember reading about, like, watching it. There's actually a video about this. And I was like, dude, this place is effed. See, and that's why I have a problem with them having things like alcohol and all of that stuff available. Mm-hmm. Is that, like, you have this stuff available, but then, like, really crappy things can happen. There's, you know, now you have all these, like, weird issues that come into play and, like, messed up issues, right? I mean, if it's going to be a free-ish country, then at least be a little free. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> But, like, you know, you talk about, like, stuff like, you know sexual assault and all that stuff and now things get blurry right because then like you go to court and they're like why is this westerner drinking alcohol in our country right mm. and it's effed up right but what are they going to do about it but but it's legal that's the thing it's no i don't think it is it yeah we were just talking about this well no no, no. it's it's allowed it's allowed if you're not from there, and the the girl's not from yeah. there. Huh. Except Sharjah, where drinking alcohol is illegal. Huh. Yeah, I just I just remember it being a really effed up situation. I'm all, all, that's all I'm saying. Now maybe I'll, maybe I just have to watch this video again and see if she was actually like you know like they actually committed her of drinking alcohol you mm-hmm. know but i think like the actual fornication stuff was there and i was like dude that is effed that is so effed what the fuck yeah though? like dude these countries you might think they're open-minded and whatever all that crap but they're, they're, only they're just pretending i mean like it's it's way it's way more complex than that you know what i'm saying and that's why like it's very hard to like mix the two right you know what I'm saying? Like you're like saying this would be like a mix and all that stuff. Like in these in these places, really kind of at this point, it's just unclear on like what their stance is on anything, right? I mean, it's just the beginning. You know, Dubai's mm-hmm. been around for what? True that. Plus, even in Islamic context, like stuff like that is not allowed. You can't just sexually assault nobody. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> but you know, 
that's effed up, dude. Anyway, that's why that's why I don't totally see these guys in the best light possible. Because I know there's messed up stuff that happens, you know? Just like there's messed up stuff that kind of happens everywhere. But, like, these guys aren't free of that stuff. Well, they're they're doing better than the other guys. All right, dude. Still not good, but doing better, <laughs> you know? Like, Saudi and your own, like, they still execute gay guys, man. Honestly, yeah, I mean, you know... That's the interesting thing about like homosexuality in Islam too, is that like, like even especially in America, it's become such a big issue, right? Like for example, in college, I was a part of like Muslim groups, uh, like the Muslim Student Associations and stuff like that, where they were teaming up with you know, like uh, like people from the gay community and also hmm. other like gay clubs and stuff like that on campus. Interesting, because they were also very politically active. But it also became an issue of like you know I scratch your bag, you scratch mine kind of thing. Oh right, right. you know minorities. Like, just yeah, obviously sticking together. Exactly, but like from a religious standpoint, there's some implications of that. You know, hmm. so like I mean, and it, it, I always thought it's interesting, especially because people bring it up so often because we have to deal with it on like a daily basis. Especially me being from like the Bay Area, mm-hmm. like, it was a ton of you know, a lot of gay guys, yeah, homosexuality. <laughs> that's that's very open there, and it's you know, people are very accepting of it. You mm-hmm. know. But honestly, from a religious perspective, I don't know. What what have you always thought about homosexuality? Just wondering. It's none of my business, man. It's like, none of my business. Like, yeah. if it doesn't hurt me in any way, then it's cool. I got you. It's a very libertarian way of looking yeah. at things, right? It's not even. It's like, just if don't fuck with me. Yeah. Don't fuck no, with no, you. But, but that's essentially what it is. It's like, look, if you want to do something and you believe it's right for you, then you can go yeah. do it, right? As long as you're not affecting other people, Yeah. essentially. that's. I li- mean, in, in, in the U.S., mm-hmm. the Constitution is yeah. land of the free. Everyone's, created, everyone's yeah. equal. That means everyone should have equal rights, doesn't yeah. matter who. And look, and I'll and I'll agree with you there. When it comes to imposing something like like gay rights, mm-hmm. I don't think America itself is designed to deal with that. You know what do you mean? Like it's like it's just there's no precedence to like control how people like how and who can marry one another, right? In my view, at least. Why is there even control? That that but that's what I'm saying. Like there there real I don't really see any precedence for that. At least within our government to control yeah. that. You know, personally, I think that. And whatever your religious beliefs are, I don't know if you can impose it within the system we have right now. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say, right? Hmm. But like from a religious perspective, especially an Islamic perspective, like yeah, like homosexuality isn't allowed within Islam. And the ma- the main examples we have of these stories are like you know prophet like like prophet Lut, right? Yeah. As people mentioned, like the the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Those yeah. are the main, uh, you know, sort of. Stories. stories that are used for the for discerning, you know, what to do in in cases of homosexuality. Do you know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and all that? Um, no. Like, do you know the details of that story? Not the details, uh, definitely not. Because, like, I I know, especially you know, with you know, with the Christian you know, brothers and sisters, and also I believe Jewish as well. Like, you know, they have they have a version of it, right? And it's pretty it's pretty close, you know, to the Islamic version of it as well. Um, but essentially, the story goes that the, the prophet of that area is Lutz, right? That's his name. Okay. And uh, essentially, what happens is that there's three travelers that come to the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Uh, and I believe within the Christian text, these three individuals were like angels, right? right? Now, I don't know if they're considered angels or not within the Islamic. I don't think they are, but whatever. The point matter. is, is that there are three men who happen to be very good-looking men as All well, right. who, right. who pass through the city. And it becomes very evident from the people of Sodom and Gomorrah that these people are have come and they're very attractive looking. Mm-hmm. But uh, Lut meets them first and says, oh, come with me. And he comes and essentially hides these men from, from his people. Right? <laughs> That's funny. So it's, what's interesting about the city of Sodom and Gomorrah is that like 
uh, I believe from the from the stories I've heard about it is that in this city, uh, the people would do these acts of taking people and essentially sodomizing them, which is where the term comes from, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Right? Uh, they they did that in order to ward people away from coming to the city, right? Like it was actually something because they didn't want visitors, they didn't want people coming into the city. Oh, okay. so they would do it as a deterrent for people to come in. Oh. If you come here, you will become sodomized. Oh essentially, shit! Right? <laughs> um, but eventually, which is where the issue happens, is that it's that all of a sudden the people's preferences started to change to where now they actually prefer doing that, right? Which is now where the problem comes about, right? So, so the way that the story goes, right, is that Lut is hiding these these men in his in his house, right? right? And the people come banging on Lut's door, and they're saying, "Lut, we know you. We know you're holding these men. Bring them out. We, you know, bring them out right now, right?" And That's the story, so scary. the story goes that Lut says, "No, like, no, please, like, I will do whatever you want. Please take my daughters. You can marry my daughters. You can do whatever you want with my daughters." Okay. What? That's, yeah, that's that's how the story goes, especially at least within within Islam as well. Where he says, where he says, "Take my daughters instead." Um, the and they said, and they said, "No, we don't want your daughters. We want those men. We want those right? three hot guys." <laughs> kind of. Yeah, yeah. And so this is so this is the point in the story because the thing that's interesting about prophets, right, is that. Their mission is that they are kind of God's you know, representatives, and they're there to to spread his me- to spread their message to their people. Right, that's what a prophet essentially does, mm-hmm. and the prophets can't deviate from that because that's essentially what they're there for. Right, they have to be the exemplars of God's message and then spread the message. Right, so um, he was doing that in the cities, right, that he was a part of. So um, it, it's clear that even from these stories that we that we that we listen to that Lut is not mean to the people of the city, right? Mm-hmm. He's not going out there and like saying, you know, you guys are going to be, you know, we, I, you know, you guys need to be stoned. You know, you guys need to be killed. You guys should, be, you know, be done away with. He's there to teach people the way of God and try to bring them towards God. So the whole right? town was gay. Well, it's essentially that that's what we aren't told exactly, but we're told that the majority of the city was partaking in these actions. Okay. Right? But it's never, but it's never given us any clear evidence that of how we should act towards the gay people, except for the fact that Luth doesn't show any hostility towards them. Is that is, you know, because that's that's the what I got from reading these. Okay. Now again, these are most of these are my interpretation of how I've read these stories. Mm-hmm. But it's clear that even the fact that he would give away his daughters to to these people, who you know he obviously does not agree with their way of life is saying something, right, about Luth himself and how we should act towards, you know, people like this, right? Just be nice. Well, essentially, that's that's and, what, we, you know, you kind of see. Because we even have narrations from, again, like, you know, members of the prophet's family who said, you know, um, you know, people are either, you know, your brothers in humanity, or sorry, your brothers in Islam or your equals in humanity, right? We have sayings like this, right? Mm-hmm. We you can't take away someone's humanity, right? Degrade someone's humanity. That's like a no-no, right? Because you're still human beings. You're still creations of God, all that stuff. So anyway, going back to the story. So Lut says, no, take my daughters. And they said, no, we don't want your daughters. We want the men. So it's at this point where God is then reveals, you know, to, to, to Lut to leave the city and don't look back, right? Okay. This is what we're told. This is like the very, this is the part of the story that most people remember, 
right? Yeah. Is and so you know what happens, right? What happens next? I I, I don't know. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, so so essentially, what happens that that it's said that God tells Lou to leave the city and don't look back. Okay. All right. I like that's essentially what happens, and so the important part is don't look back on this city. Leave and do never and never turn back to this city. Don't look back to it. So what happens next is that in the middle of the night, Lut leaves the city, okay, mm-hmm. uh, with his family and I guess whatever companions that he has, right? And included is like his daughters and his wife as well. What about those three dudes? And uh, I guess the three dudes too, okay. right? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what happens is then very interesting. So he leaves the city. And so what we're told is that, you know, fire and brimstone are, you know, are pelted onto the city. Whoa. Yeah, so the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah are essentially being destroyed. Oh, shit. As Lut and his family and his companions are leaving the city. And he tells, you know, the people who are with him, don't turn back, don't look back at what's happening, just go, okay? Mm -hmm. And this is where the story gets very interesting. This is also another very famous part of the story that a lot of people remember, is that while they're leaving, Lut's wife turns around, right? And she gets turned into salt, right? What? Yeah, which is how the story story goes, right? She turns into salt. Why? So that is now where we go and we dig dig in a little deeper into this story, right? Like, what's happening here? She turns into, like, table salt. I guess that's what they say. She got turned into salt, right? So it's very interesting here, right? Because you're like, okay, so what does this all mean, right? What's the point of this story, right? Gay people are bad, blah, blah, blah. Is that it? Right? And I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that, right? Because the thing about a lot of these stories is that God gives us stories about different prophets in these different times and tells us to reflect on them because each one of them have stories in which are lessons that we should reflect on and learn from, right? right. So I think in this story in particular, there's a couple of things pointed out. One is how to treat others, especially those who you do not agree with their ways of life and all that stuff, right? All Lutz, right. in all the stories that we see, is not you know treating them poorly. He's not calling them names. He's not degrading them. He's not hurting them, right? He's not doing that kind of stuff but at the same time he's there as a prophet to reveal a message and that's what he does right mm-hmm. and he does it for as long as he can into the best of his abilities until god tells him you need to leave now right so first of all like that kind of judgment is not on our hands right. in my opinion right okay. next we see that he's told to leave but his wife turns around when god tells lutz you know don't turn around don't oh, look back at the city all right, right. And he tells us to the people who are with him, don't turn around, don't look back, right? But yeah, his wife turns back. Now, why does she turn back? Why does she look towards the city? Was it just cool what was happening? And she was like, whoa. She she just wanted to see what was going on. She's curious, right? Well, the way that I've heard it, because I've asked this question before, is that like what you see here is you see someone who's looking back at the city because she she, she has sympathy for them. That she has sympathy for the people of the city who are being, who are essentially dying, right? Who are who are essentially incurring God's wrath, right? Okay. <laughs> right? And that and that's why she essentially succumbs to the same fate as these people. What? Right? And that's the next kind of point that if that if you're someone who sympathizes with them, which sympathizes with what they do, that you will incur the same punishment as them. That makes zero sense. Okay. T- First of all, why does she turn to salt? <laughs> I'm still I don't, stuck I don't on think, that. I don't think that's relevant, to be honest. Okay. And number two, that she felt bad for these people and she got punished. She sympathized with what they were doing. So again, with the whole fact, you know, all the things that they were doing, the sodomy and all that this stuff. This is mega disturbing, bro. 
Okay, why is it disturbing? Because it was sympathy. It wasn't like mm-hmm. she felt better than them. She looked better. back. Yeah, like she didn't look back like, ah, fuck you guys. She looked back she's like, oh, these yeah. guys are dying. Yeah, well, because she's felt sympathy for the people of the city and why they're being punished, essentially, right? Yeah. Right. So, so I guess, so these are the only things that really lay the groundwork for for the way, I guess, as a Muslim, right? If you believe that homosexuality isn't a thing, Right. right. That's that is whatever based on your beliefs and what you know, that there are certain things that you can do, which is, for example, talk to these people, find out about them, learn about them. okay, respect their humanity, most importantly. Mm -hmm. Right. But at the same time, you can't really sympathize with what the what they're doing. Right. Like you can't. That's essentially what I take away from all of it. As far as like how especially this day and age, we should be responding to especially the homosexuality crowd. Because I do believe that in the end they are an oppressed people, right? And I Wait, think, hold on. And I think with an oppressed people comes, you know... You What's know, wrong with sympathizing? Well, you essentially incur the same punishment Why? as they would. Well, because, you know, I mean, again, this is just what I'm taking from the story, is that that's essentially what his wife does. She sympathizes with them. That's why she turns around. I mean, the story is kind of confusing because at first, mm-hmm. was it was the guy's name Loot? Yeah, Loot is respecting their humanity. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. But he, but I mean, he but obviously then, doesn't. But he obviously doesn't sympathize with what they're doing because he, because as you know, let's say okay, you're Muslim and you believe all this that you know Loot is following what God is telling him that this isn't something that you should be doing, right? And so he's telling his people, look, you shouldn't do this. This isn't good. It's not what God wants. Right. And so they say, no, we're going to do it. Okay. Hold on. Let's back up even further. Okay. Why doesn't God want it? There you go. That's the core. Okay. You tell me. Why wouldn't wouldn't you want it? I don't know. Okay. But but, but you're obviously with the belief that, look, if this is your thing and you want to do it, then go ahead and do it. Right. Okay. And you incur all the responsibilities that come with it. Right. What responsibilities? Like whatever, like whatever that, whatever that may be. Right? Okay. Like there's also responsibilities that come with having a relationship with a woman too. Oh, I mean like that. Right. I thought you meant responsibility as in like punishment wise. No, no. Like any right. anything that has to has to come, that comes with it. Right. Right. And that's totally fine. But again, we've talked about this multiple times, right? Why Why is religion telling us what to eat? Why is it telling us what to do on a daily basis? Why is it telling us this, this, and that? Right. And in the end, as I keep saying before, that. Islam, in particular, especially, has this communal kind of way of thinking about things, right? And that's where you know people really, I think, really disagree with it, right? They they either agree or disagree. They say, you know, from a community level, if everyone is doing this, it's not good, right? On a widespread community level, this is not something that's good for society in general, right? Do you think it's good for society in general? Do you, do you think it matters to society in general? If anything, it doesn't even matter, but. Yeah, dude, I don't think it affects anybody. Okay. I mean, that's that's fair. But I'm just saying from an Islamic perspective, I think that is the only way I could go about it, which is like, you know, I'm not mean to gay people, right? I've never gone out and yeah. yelled at gay people for <laughs> living the way that they live. Because in the end, I do know that it's a decision that they make on their own. Especially living in this country, there's there's nothing I could I should be doing about it, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean obviously, if they want to sit down and talk about religion, I don't mind doing that. Right. But at the same time, I'm not going to be I'm not going to sit there and saying, like, look, what you're doing is bad. You know, like whatever. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure they've heard that their whole life. And I think that might be 
part of the issue. I think I think the inherent homophobic, you know, the, the, there's this homophobia that that is in America that I think has kind of given rise to what homosexuality is now. Like, and I think years of that has has led to what homo, homosexuality is now. Hmm. Personally, you know, I think like it's people who do repress their kids, you know, from having certain emotions, for example, hmm. telling them, no, don't do that. Don't be a, don't be a, you know, don't be a homo. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I really think that like things like that affect, eventually do affect people, hmm. you know, because then later on what happens when they leave, for example, their parents, we, we talked about this before, they go to college yeah. and then they realize, oh, like my mom called me a homo when I tried to give my my friend a hug or something who was a guy or I tried to kiss my friend who was a guy and she said I was a homo right mm-hmm. which may or may not mean that you're homosexual you know yeah. like I think there is this inherent homophobia that has led to kind of what homosexuality is now hmm. but obviously like it, it it's really hard to generalize it like that I don't think I, I do it justice by generalizing it to that extent but I believe that there is some inherent homophobia that has led to kind of what it is now there's like this repression or you know that has occurred maybe you know? some maybe, maybe some. some yeah i mean yeah. you know i i just try to look at it from like even from our perspective like for example our guy friends right we're really close to one another aren't we mm-hmm. you know yeah. but at the same time like i wouldn't consider any of us to be remotely gay you know yeah. like like that but yet we're really close and sometimes we'll even like you know hug each other or like you know do some stuff that we're just doing at like playful fun yeah right but it doesn't mean that we're we're gay or anything like that but there is definitely a closeness and i think there's a thing with touching and you know trusting another one another and all that stuff but and then, then again i feel like there's this inherent homophobia with some culture especially with very strict you know religious families especially at those strict religious families you know mm. who are like don't do that don't be this don't be that you know like I think even like maybe a guy having dolls, you know, may not mean that they're homo, but some people might call him a homo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just society has a lot of. Do you ever think there could there could be a gay mosque? There are gay mosques. There are gay mosques. Yeah, yeah, there are. What the fuck? Yeah, I've heard of them. Where are they? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is so fucking cool. Um, I actually think there might be one in, in San Francisco, actually. I think of there course, is. Of all yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the dude. Yeah, Bill Maher had that one movie he made. I forgot. Oh, re- religious, 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 something like that. Yeah, yeah. where he he interviews people who are in a gay mosque. Yeah, dude, I had no idea. But then again, yeah, I think there is some social issues that lead to things like this. You know, hmm. so I'm not I'm not gonna seriously say what's right and what's wrong and all that stuff. But I think it's a very nuanced issue. I think it requires a lot of sensitivity as well. But I think. Honestly, just from what we have, right, and what we've learned, especially, like, you know, with things like the Quran and stuff like that, that, like, those are, like, some of the key points that I've taken away. Now, that might might not be the most perfect way of looking at things, Mm -hmm. but I think, like, that might be the best way to navigate it right now because it is an issue that's currently happening and it's something that as Muslims and living in America, we got got to deal with that, right? Yeah. And I don't think that we need to, like, we shouldn't be the ones going around saying that, like, hey, you're going to, you know, like, you can't say that. You can't say degrading stuff to people like that, you know. I just think everyone should just mind their own business. You know, wouldn't that so you are li- so you are a libertarian. I mean, I don't want to label myself as anything. Yeah, but you kind of are. Really? <laughs> Actually, there is a website called politicalcompass.com. Really? Or politicalcompass, whatever you call it. 
you, you can go do it and it asks you questions and it'll in the end give you like a grid and tell you what side you're on you know if you're authoritarian if you're libertarian if you're you know interesting all, all that sort of stuff it gives you like quadrants and where you fall under i don't i don't really care but, but it's sometimes like, interesting to know when i did it i got very centrist you know hmm. which was very interesting to me i was like huh <laughs> interesting i'm gonna do this after this podcast yeah see what's going on yeah but but yeah i mean you know like i said this is very like it's it's, re- it's a really hard topic to talk about i think especially with muslims because i yeah. i'm sure there's a lot of muslims who have you know who know gay people who have gay friends and stuff like that yeah I personally don't, and it's not because I haven't like tried or something. I just, I honestly just don't know any gay people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, like you know, and some people might be taking offense to what I've said, and I'm I'm sorry. But like, from what at least I've read, like, you know, I don't think we were told to like you know treat them badly. You know, in any case. But there are countries that do treat them badly, and I and I that's agree. the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, th- there definitely are, and I don't think that that should be the case. You know. But, you know, as I think, you know, you should just respect each other's humanity, at least in the end. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to end it, man. (laughs) Thanks, man. Thanks. No problem, bro. What else do you got? Oh, man. God, you've always coming at me, man. (laughs) Why this, bro? Why this, bro? Come on. That's the issue, bro. Hmm. I mean, you know, I man, that was heavy, dude. I'm sweating, man. I'm sweating. I need, dude. Last last few podcasts, I've been sweating at the end, man. I don't know why. It's, it's, it's only 75 degrees. Oh, it's getting intense, baby. It's winter. It's yeah. not cold in here. I'm just, I'm just burning up. Yeah. Well, we talked about everything we wanted to talk getting about. Getting a little sweaty in here. All right. Well, uh, we still. Oh, oh. Actually, I just remember. Remember that book I told you to read? The, the one about Islamic history. So I bought two copies of it oh, on okay. Amazon. I'm forcing <laughs> you to read it. Okay. And I've also had some friends because actually after last week's podcast, yeah. I've had a lot of conversations with some friends of ours. Really? And it wasn't like bad conversation or bad like discussion. It was actually great. It's what I wanted actually. Is people right. just think about things like that more. And so, yeah, I've, had, I've been having very interesting conversations even before I even came to the podcast, which is why I was like kind of tired. I was like, oof. Yeah. I just already... Had a whole podcast discussion before I got here. Oh, shit. <laughs> but no, it, it's good. And I bought two copies of the books. So one to give you. One to give another friend of ours. Because mm, okay. um, it's an interesting book. So I'm going to make you read it now. How long, mean, if, if you have time. How long is it? It's honestly not crazy long. But I'm sure... I think if you start reading it, you'll start actually kind of just falling into it. Probably. So that's for you, baby. It's for me. Happy birthday. Thanks, bro. Six months too late. <laughs> six months? Yeah. My birthday was six months ago, bro. Uh, I don't know what your birthday is. I don't care. I'm, I'm next right time next on the podcast. <laughs> I'm like two days away from your birthday, but you don't know my fucking birthday. I'm just, of course, I know. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's an hour. And I'm tired, hour. and I think that was yeah. it's a good place to end it. Um, until next time, guys. Um, don't send me too much hate mail. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at IncompatiblePDC. Follow us on SoundCloud. What was it? Incompatible podcast. Follow us on. You don't follow. You subscribe on iTunes. There you go. Incompatible mm. podcast. Mm. That's it, right? Amen, brother. Amen. All right. Let's get All the right. fuck out of here. Until next time. Peace out.